not always going to find people who are ready for you or to ready to listen to you. Um, but at the same time, you just have to push the boundaries. If you fail, just try again and see if it will get you somewhere. There are certain aspects, yes, you definitely need to look confident. But they, no matter how much you dress, if you're not confident inside, it will not come out. You'll still be the timid person. Your, your expression, the way you carry yourself will still be um, a look of timidity. are little girls made of? What are little girls made of? Sugar and spice and all things nice. That's what little girls are made of. Hello there, I'm Navelia Malloy and this is Hungry Woman at Work, the podcast for the woman who wants to thrive at work without losing her soul. So I wanted to add a touch of cheekiness to today's episode, hence starting with that nursery rhyme. Do you remember it? What are little girls made of? Now, to some, it's really just a nursery rhyme. But to many of us, it perfectly sums up what we've been told from a young age. Little girls are meant to be. Sugar and spice and all things nice. And I thought that would make a nice segue into today's topic, which is all about women and the confidence gap in the workplace. I had you at confidence, right? Keep listening because this episode's for you. Now, our regular listeners know that we typically feature a woman who's thriving in her area of life, whatever kind of work that may be. But today, we're switching things up a bit. I did a survey a while back and asked some friends and listeners what they'd like to hear more of on the show. And someone, actually a few people suggested we occasionally featured a roundtable discussion with a few women talking about a topic or an issue that's topical. You've asked and we've listened. Now, there's a lot of buzz online and offline around this idea that women are often overlooked for promotion because, quote unquote, we are lacking in confidence. Now, there are varying schools of thoughts on this. Is it really a lack of confidence or is it me choosing to walk in humility? Is it being afraid of having a voice or is it rather the fear of the backlash that comes with having that voice? Like the late Maya Angelou said, Does my sassiness upset you? Is it a confidence gap or is it a bigger cultural and societal narrative that says women, like little girls, should only be sugar and spice and all things nice? Take a listen as the three of us give our take on it. Before we get into it though, just a shout out to our sponsor, Audiodacious. If you'd like to start your own podcast or need a voiceover or any audio services, please check out audiodacious.com. Give your brand a voice with Audiodacious. For podcasting, IVR and audio content solutions, check us out at audiodacious.com. Good day, Mwansa and Kodani, and welcome to Hungry Women at Work. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, Mwansa Chokolo is in studio with us today and she's an actuary working in the insurance industry. And on the line from Cape Town, we are joined with um, Kodani Nimate, a manager from Harambe Youth Employment Accelerator. So ladies, as I've mentioned to you, today is a little bit of a different episode in that we've got a panel interview, which we've never had before on Hungry Women at Work. So thank you for making history with us on the show today. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's a pleasure. 
Kodani, I want to start with you. I mean, we've, the past few weeks, as I mentioned to both of you, I've been inundated with articles and conversations and questions around this big issue called the confidence gap, um, and especially amongst working women. So it generally goes something like this. Uh, the reason that there are not more women in positions of leadership at work is because women are not as confident as their male colleagues. That's how the conversation mm. usually starts. Um, and then I read an article uh, on Forbes, um, which says that, I mean, this quote just stood out for me, which is that many women struggle with new challenges because they haven't mm. internalized the feeling of competence that comes with success. Okay, so there's, mm. there's, there's one school of thought that says there's, cl there's clearly a confidence gap. There's a confidence issue where women are not presencing themselves enough in boardrooms or in workspaces. But then there's, um, there are other schools of thought too. But I want to I start us off with, with that um, viewpoint. And Kodani, in your work, with, you're working with a lot of young people. Um, and, mm. and getting them ready for their first jobs and, and entry into employment. So tell us yes. your thoughts on, on just this perceived thing about the confidence gap and through especially your mm. experience in working with youth, how that's played out. Okay. Um, from my experience when, while working with young people, I, in general, it depends on where they're coming from and how they were raised. Um, this could be the school that they probably went to or the communities that they interact with. Um, for young women, it's, it's a lot which has to do with how their communities or their peers have kind of like instill certain things within them. And at times it's a culture um, issue whereby you need to break down some barriers or you, you need to break down some of their perceptions about how they should act and how they should present themselves. Um, in most instances, uh, young women are cautious versus a young man who would be adventurous and would try to explore things which then brings in the confidence element whereby they, they don't have fear for failing, whereas with young women, it could be fear of failure. So they'd rather not even try in those instances. But it's also, it's also because of what they have been told so many times that it stops them from um, believing in themselves in a way. Sure. Katie, I think, I mean, you've, you've kicked us off with so many strong points already. So, I mean, the one is really around the, what you've been taught while growing up. So it, it actually really mm -hmm. starts at the family level already, right? So the home that you brought into, mm -hmm. the supporting community around you, the perceptions we're creating around uh, boys are allowed to be adventurous and take risks mm -hmm. and, and girls need to be a lot more cautious and we need to really consider things before we do them and even before we say them out loud. Um, I also mm. like this point that you've touched on, on the fear of failure. Um, tell me in the, how, how are you able to, just in your personal capacity or maybe through your work, how are some of the mm. ways that one can redress or speak into that? Uh, it, I think it's just breaking down the, the notion or the idea that uh, you have to be perfect uh, because mm. in most cases, people don't want to do anything because they feel like if I should say something, it has to be right. 
if I should try something, it has to be what it's supposed to be versus if I fail six times, maybe the seventh time I'm going to succeed. So in terms of fear or rather most people who have succeeded in life, it's because they have the idea or the belief that if I don't get it this time, I'll get it next time. Right. And that's the one way you can actually deal with fear that if this is not right, let's see what happens. So instead of thinking only of the negative of what if, consider what if I succeed versus what if I don't succeed. Sure. Like that. Mwansa, I, I want to give you a chance. So you mm-hmm. are in the finance sector. Yeah. I mean, have have you seen this reflected? Is is there a confidence gap in, in the sector of work that you're in and in the line of work that you're doing? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I'm a very good example of that. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's 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 definitely I mean in the finance you, you generally it's um, surrounded by male it's a male dominated yes, industry yes. Um, but I found in my own personal experience that even when I was looking for a new job so I'd worked for a certain company for about nine years and then when I decided to leave that job and enter another job I didn't sell myself I didn't feel confident enough to believe that I had the skills. To, I had gained enough skills to transfer into another role. And it's almost like I was begging for the job. Sure. And wow. and only later on, I realized, what? I actually can do this yes. job. I could, have, yes. I could have negotiated for more. I literally did ah, not ah, even ah, negotiate ah, my ah. salary. They gave me an offer and I was like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then later on, I was like, what? Because <laughs> you've been told so long, just be grateful, right? Exactly, just be grateful. Exactly. And to, to be honest, I've learned a lot since then to, to understand. I came in the job, I, need, I did move um, sectors. So I used to work in the pensions industry and then I moved into life insurance. So when I was looking for this new job, I thought there's no way I can, you know, I don't know enough. So I can't sell myself. And then I get into this job and I'm like, wait. All the skills I learned in a different sector, I can actually transfer to this sector. And I did my job really well, if I say so myself. Yes, yes. well, you can. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And then, so now I've learned that I could have actually, I didn't have that confidence when I was, you know, changing jobs. And now I I definitely want to instill that in in other people, in other women, definitely. And and thanks for sharing so candidly. Um, I just want to ask, so what, what do you feel for you helped you to go from say, from A to B, in terms of now the awareness afterwards, but what was some of the internal processing um, and and what could you see passed on even now that could help that woman who, as she's listening right now, is kicking mm-hmm. herself because she feels like she was in exactly the same position? Um, to be honest, a great mentorship. Um, so I've been surrounded by great mentors. Um, my boss, the, the person who hired me, actually, later on, when he, after he had me, he's like, oh, my word, you undersold yourself so much. Wow. He was, and I was happy he did that because he was like, do you know how much you know? And I was like, no. And he's like, your CV doesn't say half of what you were able to tell me in the interview mm-hmm. after I prodded you. So definitely my boss was a very big influence in, in bringing that out of me. 
And I've got a great mentor as well at work. Um, my boss has, the person who had me has since left, but I've got another mentor who just keeps pushing me and saying, you can do this. And I've, I've since become a lot more confident. I wouldn't say I've reached that place because there are still some areas that I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but, and then my, my friends, my friends have also pushed me up and they're like, but a guy would never ask that. I was like, that is actually true. Yes. So I've, great um, mentors, to be honest. That's definitely one of the great friends and great mentors. Sure. Very good. So one of, one of the other perspectives that I read in an article in The Atlantic um, says this. The problem isn't that women aren't confident, but that confidence mm. in women is not rewarded in the, wor- in the world of work. Yep. Um, and I remember reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, um, and she speaks a lot about how the media would portray her. You know, it was so important how she, as the president's wife, uh, the first lady, not the first man, um, needed to make sure that um, she showed up in a particular way. She dressed in particular ways that she wasn't when she spoke quite passionately about something she was often seen as aggressive or too masculine or domineering so i think this thing about um confidence not being rewarded is is quite a big deal um i've also heard of something called the backlash effect where women are they're ready to speak up or they have opinions but you kind of do that ask yourself the 10 questions first Who's in the room when I'm going to say this up? What are they going to think of me once I've said it? And then thirdly, what's going to be the impact after having said this? Once I, you're mm. nodding, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had to, the backlash effect definitely has, has played a role in, in how I react. Um, I've had to have meetings. Sometimes I'm the only female in the room, sometimes in, mm. a, in a boardroom sitting there and, and having to think, how will I come out? Rather than thinking about the message, I'm actually yes. thinking, how will I come out? Will I seem like this, you know, cocky little person who's just sure. able to, you know, and I don't, and I don't think guys think like that. I don't know, but I don't think they process all of that before they say what they need to say. So yes. I definitely, I know that that's the, something I, I have um, stressed about when before I say something. Um, but yeah, it's it's not good. And 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 how have you have you worked through that, or is your is your process simply to okay practice? 10 times before you go into the room. So. I think it's less so now. I think it's, it's, I'm a lot more confident than I used to be. It's, I'm still a work in progress, to yeah. be fair. There's some issues I'm still dealing with. <laughs> as we all are. <laughs> as we all are. But, but I definitely, um, I'm a lot more vocal about what I believe and I want to stand for. And I don't, I don't like just because, I don't want this whole thing that the loudest person wins. I feel like everybody should be heard. Absolutely. And, and I don't necessarily have to be loud to be heard. I just need to speak my point. So I make it a point, if I have something to say, I will say it um, when I'm given the chance to say it. But I'm not going to leave that room unless until I'm heard, in a way. I like that. I'm not going to re- leave that room until I'm heard, which is, it speaks to a persistence. It speaks to yeah. the, okay, maybe the first time they didn't hear me. And now I think, you know, I shy back because I, I, I've, I've seen that. And I mean, I've done it myself, that posturing thing that you do in a meeting. Like maybe you, you try the first time and if nobody noticed you, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, well, let me just posture myself down here. Yeah. Kodani, um, your experience? Um, I, so in uh, one of my jobs, which I had in the past, um, I experienced 
it from another woman. So oh, and, wow. and I was that um, for them, they they succeeded to actually silence me. Um, I talk a lot. Wow. And, wow. <laughs> and when we were working together, they the same thing where I would say something when we're in a meeting between us and then suddenly it, it comes in another meeting and it doesn't belong to me. Um, and then to a point where I stopped talking where I would speak when spoken to um, and sure. leave it at that. And sure. when I was about to leave the, the organization, I started working with someone else in a different project. And the, when when we were speaking, they're like, I didn't know you were this smart. I'm wow. Like, what do you mean? They're like, you never speak. So I never really think you have any ideas. And sure. for me, from that day, it was more of just know your audience and learn to navigate around. So you're not always going to find people who are ready for you or too ready to listen to you. Um, but at the same time, you just have to push the boundaries. If you fail, just try again and see if it will get you somewhere. And I have to say, in, in I, I also had to build to grow within myself or to get myself to a place where I just believe that if I got it wrong, oops, next time we'll get it right. Sure. And it doesn't mean that you should stop. Very good. Yeah. Very good. I, I think one of the things I would like to mention, I mean, for me, my experience was different in the sense that um, my boss, who, my, my boss now, a male guy, a male, <laughs> a male guy. <laughs> um, he's very, very helpful in in bringing out the best in me to the extent that when I go for meetings with him because he's he's the senior person he's the managing director um we'll sit in a room where I again I might be the only female and there's a tendency that everybody directs the questions to him or asks him or everything he's so good at reflecting uh, directing the questions back to me sure to the extent that he even says actually Monza is my boss (laughs) <laughs> and she's the one well who's done. taking the lead on this project. And if she says no, I can't say yes. Yeah. And I, for me, again, it goes back to that mentorship aspect where you're, the, the person you, who leads you has a very good, uh, has a very big impact on how you grow as well. They really do. And that then gives the responsibility to us. How do we lead others? Do we bring out the best in them? Um, so for, yeah. I've learned a lot from my boss in that. So when, when I'm mentoring others, I want to make sure that they also get the spotlight. Um, and I, for me, yeah. that was the most humbling experience I've ever had where he literally turned around in a room full of guys and turned and says, don't try and convince me whether this is good. <laughs> convince her. If she doesn't believe it, I'm not going to believe it. That is powerful. Firstly, tell us who this guy is off the record because I think there's just going to be like so many people queuing to be mentored by him. So shout out to him. And I mean, I, I must say I, in one of my other roles, because I have a few roles, I've got a very similar CEO. And he's a male and he does very much the same thing, which I've seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, just to uh, Kodani's point about sometimes um, it's our our sisters who are trying to silence us in the workplace, which is, I mean, that's even, it's like a double blow, right? Because we're supposed to be (laughs) fighting together and sometimes we're fighting against each other. But I was in a meeting just this week and it was so interesting to me. Um... There were two people and three of my colleagues, um, my CEO in my one job being in one of the people. And one of the gentlemen, I would 
I would direct questions at him because the the project was I'm closely more aligned to his work in the project, and so I'd look at him and say, um, "So what what are your expected timelines with this, and and what have you guys learned along the way?" And when he'd answer me, even though I was sitting within his direct eye line, he would address his answer to my CEO, and then kind of in the last. Two seconds of his answer, just like give a cursory glance in my direction, even though I was the one who had phrased the question at him. So, I mean, that speaks to an area that they are now calling unconscious bias, which is really that um, people are doing these things so habitually, um, so culturally. um, It's just been such a systemic pattern of behavior that nobody even notices it. And in one of the pieces I read, they also mentioned the thing that one of the the main things we can do is for people to start calling this out, yeah. but especially male counterparts to call it out. But I mean, I think there's even a step before that, which is how will they notice if they are too in mm. their unconscious bias? So with people like your um, CEO clearly being aware of it and, and saying to his colleagues, sorry, it doesn't matter what I think, you yeah. ask the person who's really the lead on this. Yeah. Which is powerful. Yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah. Uh, Kodani, I just want to... Um, something else which has also come up a lot is this um, concept of the imposter effect. Um, so I know, and I don't know if you ladies can share this experience, um, even though, I mean, once you, ch- you touched on it a bit earlier, even though you've got years of experience in a certain factor, sometimes you still feel like an imposter when you come to the table or when you're in a certain boardroom. I just want to talk about that a bit. And um, especially also when I think of younger women, because I know obviously when when you're the youngest in the room or the newest in the organization, you will feel like an imposter for the largest amount of time. Um, any thoughts around that, Kodani, and how especially young young women in the workforce can navigate around that? Um. I think where I'm at, I'm pretty grateful because my experience is totally different currently. Uh, in terms of the reason I've grown so fast or so quickly within the organization I'm in right now, it's because I had another male um, uh, boss who was very, he was a great mentor. Um, and then Wonderful. I have women as our CEO is a woman, and the way we are, it it doesn't feel intimidating at all in terms of how we we do things. Sure. And in the space I'm working in now, I'm, I'm drawn into meetings where it doesn't matter that I'm young. I could be the only black girl in the room, um, but uh, I'm heard. So it's a different sure. scenario to sure. where I come from because... This is, I think because we know of how broken the system is, yeah. the people I work with are in the business of trying to change the way the system is. And wow. in other people or clients coming in, you still have that feeling that they would rather listen to the to the older man in the room than actually look at you. But the same thing of deflecting or saying, please focus on this person or, or we I have that. So if it's about advocacy and the people in the room always speaking for those who don't realize that they are acting still with their yeah, unconscious um, biases in a way. So I, 
at the moment i don't have the imposter feeling <laughs> but <laughs> i'm in a place where i'm i'm allowed to be <laughs> Yo, I I'm so excited to hear that and I mean you you spoke about a lot of things so it's the advocacy element it's the the countercultural element it's the understanding the context understanding the system is broken and actively trying to mm-hmm. to redress that so there's a lot of intentionality that's needed from all of us um at a senior level really is where it starts and i mean i i love yes. your quote we we lost your line for a little bit but we picked you up um and got the bulk of what you were saying but i loved what you said yes. that um even if i'm the only black girl in the room i am heard i have a voice and i am heard and that mm. i think really sums up what it would mean to have those the workplaces that reflect that women have a voice that can be heard i want to shift gears mm. a little bit unless wanta you wanted to chip in but i wanted to shift gears to so a lot of um when you when you ask people about confidence and how to appear more confident a lot of it is around the image or your brand your brand people speak a lot about your personal brand and it's about how you show mm. up it's about how you dress it's about how you speak um and i think there's a place there certainly is a place for all of those um but i mm. i mean in the the work with the young women that i am privileged to mentor um i always say to them that confidence is in starts in your own head first before it starts mm. outside so if you already if you've already walked into the room telling yourself that oh okay because w- what we all do is we walk into the room and we scan the room right um yeah. am i the only am i the ist youngest oldest fattest thought tallest shortest whatever your ist may be um yeah. and f- based on that we do the power the power dynamic um mm. i want to speak about how the importance of the physical brand the outer brand versus the inner brand and if you ladies have any thoughts mm. around that um i've <laughs> so one of the books i read um which to a great extent was trying to get that out of women is called um nice girls don't get the corner office yes. and conscious mistakes women make that sabotage their careers. Yeah, I yeah, I know that book very well. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember reading it and to be honest I didn't agree with everything yes. about the book because Same, they, yeah. it, there was some parts which says oh you need to wear red lipstick for you to be noticed. <laughs> I remember that. You need to wear this and I yes. was just like no I'm not going to wear red lipstick Absolutely. if you don't <laughs> if you don't notice <laughs> me exactly. yeah like so <laughs> there are certain aspects yes you definitely need to look confident mm. but they no matter how much you dress if you're not confident inside it will not come out you'll still be the timid person your your expression the way you carry yourself will still be um mm-hmm. a look of timidity whereas um yes the the, the dress does help but you also don't want mm-hmm. to be recognized for what you wear that's my belief sure. at least yeah. anyway i don't want to be known as the person who dresses like x yeah i want to be known as a confident woman come so on that for me tells me that the confidence has to start from within and the dressing will just be uh-huh. like an add an, an addition to it Yes. Um and there are extremes where you know you start dressing in a certain way to get noticed and I don't believe in that you sure. still have to believe your values still have to count you still have to be that woman who's respectable and what you have to say is what is more important than how you dress very good kodani um so you would know me from the mickey mouse shirts to <laughs> yeah. actually yeah i've known you i've known you a few years when we were in working in non-profits together yeah 
my in in my career life in terms of what I've learned in terms of how people notice you is we need to be professional and you don't have to be the most fashionable person. You don't have to dress like you're from a Vogue magazine. <laughs> but look neat enough and professional enough for a person to take you mm. seriously. Yes. Yep. Um, it's not about uh, looking all fabulous. I I change my hair all the time. Um, <laughs> I can cut it short. I can no, have it long. Yes. I, I can... I can look anyway, but the difference is I should be neat enough for someone to be able to have a conversation without trying to figure out what is going on with whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I totally agree with uh, what what is saying that it's not about uh, the be mindful that you don't become too sexy, that people just focus on your sexiness. Yo. But do not do not run away from being sexy because you're too worried about people um, thinking of you in a certain way. So sure. just be you in yeah. it and let what's inside be more visible so that people can actually hear you. So just think about, will people hear me mm. or will they be looking at my chest? Yeah. Or hey. Think about those things. Hey. Yes. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So true. Lots for us to think about. Just, just I mean, just, and, and guys, just throw on a t-shirt and a jeans and he just walks out of the house. Could not be bothered. Yeah, I've got to go through all these layers of who's perceiving me today and what message am I giving out? Yeah. Both of you are touching yeah. on such good points. Thank you so much for that. Um, so I want to, um, yeah, we soon will be out of time, but just as we, <laughs> there's so much still to talk about. Um I, there's another quote that I just wanted to throw into the mix, which is um, someone also from a Forbes article saying, women are likely equally confident, but warier of self-promotion and for good reason. They may acutely perceive that self-assertion will lead to less acceptance rather than more acceptance. So this thing about, um, I mean, I know I've done the work, um, but I won't go and necessarily say well this was my project and I'm proud of it because we were taught to walk in humility <laughs> mine says like yeah she's got a real life example so um, we're told to wait for others to give us the credit right and that often mm. makes us seem as um, we're not confident in our work but you've got this this clash of the the one voice and especially if there's a value system attached to it yeah. which I mean for me personally I believe humility is one of the values that all of us should walk in but I also have to yeah. tape it with what does that mean in a boardroom when I need to presence myself or position myself for that promotion? How do I go about that? Mm. I'm, I'm a walking example of that because just, <laughs> I mean, literally in the last year, so my, so I had a boss when I joined this company, my boss who hired me then left. So then I had a new boss who's my current boss now. And when I was having my first um, appraisal with him, you know, like after year end telling me this is what... He's going through. So you have to score yourself. Then he he looks at your scores. Ooh, and then yeah, no, those KPIs. Those KPIs. And then he's going through my scores and he's like, why have you scored yourself so lowly? Wow. And I had to sit there and I'm like, well, because I did this wrong and did this wrong. So I picked out everything I did wrong. And then he goes, but you also did this and you also did this and you also achieved this and you also achieved that. Come on. And he goes, you need to believe in yourself. 
Ooh. And I was like, mm. oh my. <laughs> Seriously. It, he actually pushed my scores up because I was so like, in again, it comes from this thing that I shouldn't praise myself. Yes. Somebody else should praise yes. me. Yes. So I went in with the yeah. idea that if he's, if I've done a good job, he will tell me I've done a good job. I can't tell myself I've done a good mm. job. So that was the first year mm. he appraised me. This year, I remember we we're having our meeting in January. I went prepared. I was Come like, on. I did X, Y, Z. <laughs> And ABC on top of that. And he literally had to calm me down. I was like, woman. <laughs> and so for every score I put, I had to, ju- I justified it. And I was like, okay, the reason I did this. And there was one score where he actually like, wow, I can't argue with that. <laughs> but in essence, he taught me that I need to believe in myself and I need to praise myself. Sure. And I can tell you, my male colleagues are not thinking twice about Blowing the horn about what they've done. Not at all. Not I, at I, all. I'm thinking there, but I'm like, yeah, no, but it's it's not humble. It's not, no, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. So. Brilliant example. <laughs> I love that real life example. Kodani, you? Um, I'm still getting there. <laughs> 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 um, but I, I, <laughs> I think I come from the same school of thought that uh, you wait for other people to actually yes. praise you. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> But what I learned, um, I think, was the way I found satisfaction in terms of praise was in how excellent my work is. So at every point, I knew I was giving it my best so that I get the best out of whatever project I'm doing. And what I learned from that was it doesn't matter how other people talk about you, your work will say the most about you. Um, Sure. It's. It's, so it's, good. A, it's a difficult thing because there are places where it's easy to actually get to a point where you can praise yourself because because of the audience that you have. Yeah. And at times, because of the audience that you have, you'd rather not because then you, you're you looking like you're boastful or yes. you're looking down on other people's work and things like that. So it's, I, I haven't gotten there where I can easily say I am doing great on this. I, I also, I think I find myself more in conversations where I'm talking about what I did wrong more than what I did right. Mm. For someone else mm. to say, I think you did this right. Um, and it's still very difficult, especially when you're a leader of people. It's difficult because you don't know if you're doing it right, man. Sure. I, I, I hope that's making sense. Yes, absolutely. No, I can. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. But I mean, I I think one of the things that I've also appreciated in what I've been reading up is that um, the best leaders are often not the ones who fully convinced that they are doing everything right. They're just fully convinced in what they're setting out to do. And they're happy yeah. with a couple of failures around, along the way. Um, they see it as a natural part of. But I mean, you spoke earlier about this 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 need to be perfect, um, which I think plays a lot because then it, it stops us from doing things sometimes because we're so scared of failing or being perceived in a negative way. Um, and honestly, sometimes it's just about. I believe in this. I'm going to do it, and um, failing forward is part of the journey, right? Yeah. yeah, totally. I'm shouting three questions at you. You give me the first um, answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, Kodani, I'm going to start with you because you're all the way out in Cape Town. <laughs> in three, two, one. A book women should read to foster greater confidence. Uh, developing the Little Within. 
is it's important to lead yourself by john maxwell and as much as I didn't agree with everything, the book Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office <laughs> yeah. definitely had very good points for me. Your advice to younger working women when it comes to the confidence gap? Envision where you're going because if you don't know where you're going, any road will lead you there. Is find mentors, find people that you can talk to. Not necessarily in your office. They don't have to be your boss. They don't have to work within your space. But find older people who've gone through um, the working life or whatever your whatever business you're running or something but somebody who can guide you your advice to senior women leaders advocate for other women um, advocate for advocate in the boardroom advocate in the homes uh, change the system is to look out for the younger ones is to say you can see some of the mistakes they're making and you've made them before or you what they're going to do look out for them and help them grow powerful ladies sure i know there's so much more we can say on this topic and um if you as a listener think that we haven't covered everything please send us your question or continue this conversation you can send your questions to our whatsapp line on plus two seven Six zero nine two one six nine seven seven, or follow the conversation on Instagram at Hungry Woman at Work. Mwansa Chokolo and Kodani Nemate, thank you so much for your input today, and um, yes to us calling each other out in um, closing the confidence gap. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm sure you must be feeling as I am, ready to get my confidence on and help others to do likewise. I must say, I really enjoyed the energy in this format and I think I'm going to make it a regular feature where we'll switch up the episodes between one-woman features and roundtable chats. Now, I was asked a question recently about what's the best way to market your brand in a digital age? Because of time, We'll tackle that question in a future episode. But for now, I'd like to take a quick moment to market someone else. On episode 11, I interviewed Miyabo Enyadike, an international fine artist who's managed to turn her passion into profit. Miyabo is running a workshop on how to grow your client base through Facebook and Instagram. It's taking place on Saturday, 13th June at Mandela Square, Santon City. To register or find out more, check out artmiabo.com. Well, that's it for this episode. Please remember to subscribe to Hungry Women at Work on iTunes, Iono FM, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen. Till next time, keep thriving without losing your soul.